You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to Diablo's Den, the Corona Chronicles, episode number four. I am your co-host, Jay Reason, and I'm here with the one, the only, Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Isaac. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Queens, baby, all day. Queens Finest, shout out to Queens Finest. Man, we've got a really, a great episode for you tonight, and we're really excited about everything going on. So before we bring in and and let you guys know about our guests, we're going to just do the quick rundown and see what's been happening for the past week yeah. and shit. Oh, so, shit. E, what's, what's been yo, going on since we last recorded you with you? You fucked me up today, B. Why? What happened? I've been listening to Mind Force. Ah. But this shit is hard, nigga. Ah, so we, is hard. We finally yo, come... It's like Leeway. If Leeway had a baby with no mercy. Yeah. Dude, it's really good. So, I, I'm literally... Yo, the thing I've been you, checking you out... put me on, bro. Yeah. Yo, listen, to all the guys in Mind Force, I'm sorry I, I said I didn't know you guys anything. <laughs> But your shit is dope, and now I, I, I learned. Yeah. Well, listen. Here's the thing. You taught you taught an old dog new tricks. <laughs> well, and, here's the thing. I listened to it. My girl was like, "That shit's hard." Yeah. My no. Girl, th- this. I love it. They just dropped a new record at the top of this week that me and me and Danny are talking about. So that that's been the one thing we've been talking about. This uh, the new uh, Mind Force EP yeah. called "Swinging Swords, Chopping Lords." Swinging Swords, Chopping Lords. Swinging Yo, Swords, Chopping Lords. I swing swords all the time. Yeah. So that that's hard. So I, and uh, that ju- that just came out. And I, you know, uh, it's crazy because I waited up the other night to buy it on vinyl at midnight, and that shit sold out within the hour. They sold out the whole first press. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you right now, it, it sounds like leeway mixed with no mercy. You know, so Mike Mears old band, no yep. mercy, McClayton. It, it is you know, the production. Of the, they are metalheads. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and you know what's too is a uh, hardcore singer. It's, it's beautiful. We're gonna wait to announce this a little bit more. E down the line, the project that you and I are working on, but we know that Jay yeah. is gonna be the singer of Mind Force. Is gonna be on. Is gonna be helping you and I with one of those things. So it's gonna be cool to have him in. Oh, in there. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna grab his guitar player. Too. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to get Mike in there. Shout out to both those guys. Him and, him and Maggie Posse together would be great. <laughs> so that's know, awesome, hey, man. Hey, hey, say so, hey, what else has been happening uh, in your neck of the woods, man? Uh, you back to work this week, you were saying, right? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, worked, uh, I was working in Queens, uh, you know, in Flushing. And uh, it's crazy because I'm working construction with everyone with a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the drunk Mexicans who are doing the, the flagging next to me, they're dr- drunk with a mask on. I'm like, this guy's drunk. Who the fuck cares about the mask, bro? Get- <laughs> I'm gonna start drinking. This nigga's drinking all day. <laughs> but you know what? Everyone, it's cool to talk to people. It's cool to talk shit to people. Right. You no, know, it's the funniest thing that, that I noticed in New York City that's really bothering me. The kids in New York City, your younger generation, yep. are, don't have a New York accent. What do you mean? 
like they're, they're whack. They're like they're like hipsters and like no and mustaches and shit and tight ass clothes and they don't fucking have no accent. So so we so let's say the northern boulevard is going this way. Two two big two big lanes, right? Okay. One this way, one this way. Right. So in construction work, my boss Vinny, we, we go in the car this way, right? We park next to the construction site. So cops are here. So back in the day. Couch wouldn't bother a construction worker. Right, like, yeah, no. City. He's like, you know, um, um, he said in a whack like Montana, <laughs> fucking, like the sheriff, you know, uh, it's, we're going to have to, we're going to pull you over. Almost next like time you do this. consciously yeah, trying to. If you do this, you know what I said to him? <laughs> Nigga, we're already over. What are you talking about? <laughs> they told me, shut up. <laughs> he looked at me like he wanted to kill me. I'm like, <laughs> and my boy was like, you're quiet. Load the window. I didn't even want to load the window. I was like, yo. I think Corona, nigga, Corona. <laughs> but, yo, but yo, I couldn't believe how much of a dick you know, the, the cops in Flushing were. You know I mean, it's like, it's like, yo, bro, it's like we're doing construction. It's people over People are dying for coronavirus. Why are you just giving me t- pull you over, nigga? I'm over already. Right. I'm not even driving. But it's to say that there's, I want to say one thing to people all the time. I have nothing against police officers or authority. My father was a cop. He was, you know, my father was a cop in the 8-3rd precinct and the 2-3 precinct. The Spanish Harlem 8-3rd precinct in Bushwick. Uh, he was a great, he was a cop from 62 to 82, the worst years in New York City. And he was a great man. Yep. And then, so I grew, up, I grew up with cops. You mean? A lot of my friends are cops. DEA, FBI, ATF. A lot of my friends growing up, marshals, right. the sheriffs. I grew up, it's always good to have people in both sides of the law. You mean? Right. And I'm just saying that a lot of people are like, fuck cops for you. Don't. Don't write that shit on my, 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 my page because I know a whole bunch of cops. Yep. A lot of cops, some cops, cops are just like people. Yeah. Some cops take it as a job and some cops are dicks. You mean? No, some and we know, listen, I mean, we, we have friends. We don't have to we say their names. Yeah, that's that's all we got to say. We have friends that, that we know, yeah. uh, you know, what's up and, and those, they, they support us in their own ways and, and that's all we got to say about that. So Yeah, good cops, good people, bad people, good cops and bad cops. So it, not all cops are assholes. Just right. Remember, no, that, dude. remember a cop can save your life one day. That's all. Totally. Bye-bye. It was funny because I was, I was just listening to, um, I was listening to one of your interviews recently and you were telling the story. Shout out to Sean Finley. I was here telling the story about how um, you guys drove in the station wagon to the synagogue really far Yeah. when you were little. And I just crack up thinking about that because you said as soon as you got there, your dad was like, okay, let's just get out of here. Yeah, my, my father's like, I'm born Jewish. I don't need this shit. Yeah, that's kind of my... It's, <laughs> He's like, dude, it's a nice city guy. Let's get the fuck out of here. Kill him. My father was so fucking amazing. Like, a hard ass motherfucker. That story made me smile, man, just because, again, it kind of, yeah, it's like that old school kind of, almost, it just reminds me of my dad, too. Like, the mom makes you go somewhere, and then you get dragged to this thing, and it's like, what is this? I I, I remember, I remember they went to, they went to, they went to, they went to Puerto Rico, let me, let me, let me, like, let me in the house when I was 13, 14 years old. And uh, it went to Puerto Rico for two days. My mother came home and was like, that was the fucking worst. Your father fucked everything up. But the father was like, I don't give a fuck. You know? Yo, I, I love that story, man. So I just, I just yeah. quick shout out, man, to all that. So, yo, we've got a, re- we've got a really great show for you guys tonight. Uh, two yeah. guests. This is going to be really a lot of fun. So I'm going to bring our first one in. Um, yeah. his, and this one is uh, a little bit of background. Is a really cool new young band called Concrete Dream. You've heard us plug them on the show a bunch of times. It's, it's a new project that uh, that's being developed by Danny and our other homeboy, Don. 
Donnie. Um, and they're on E Train Records, which is is E's label. And I'm gonna we're gonna get Jeremiah in here, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about them. So just give us one second to dial them in, and we'll be right back. Hang on. All right, and we're back. The Corona Chronicles episode number four. So we're here with our first guest of the night. I want to welcome everyone, Jeremiah from Concrete Dream. Yo, what's good? Yeah, yeah. What's going what's good, on? Big, good, Jake. How are you, man? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Man, thanks for joining us tonight. So, dude, for everyone who's not familiar, we were saying a little bit right before you joined on, Concrete Dream, uh, obviously, if you've been listening to Diablos, then we've, we've plugged the band. We're huge fans here over here. Um, our homeboy Dale did the video, which was amazing. The singles are sick and you guys are kind of part of this whole like new wave, uh, of new emerging. I hate using the term new metal cause it's kind of like weird, but trap, that's trap, but, like trap, trap metal, trap rock. Trap, um, like it's trap. We're, we're going by, we're going by trap metal. Cause that's like where music is right now right. with like, you know, the fusion of where hip hop is and where, you know. You know, we're trying to still keep the metal scene alive, and we you know, we have that new that metalcore feel. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like you know, it does derive from new metal. It does right. derive from hardcore. And it listen, does derive. Dude, new, it's new, crossover. New, you know, new, it's new metal to me is not a dirty word. I like new metal a lot, so it's, it's not it's not it's not a dirty word to me. So so everybody, welcome once one more time, Jeremiah from Concrete Truth. So we're, we're excited. Jeremiah Mayhem. So, bro. So Jeremiah, bro. where are you? Uh, Jeremiah, where are you hold up right now in the? Um, in the quarantine, man, where are you, uh, where are you hanging? I'm out there. I'm out there in the field, man. I'm an essential worker, man. I'm, I'm out there delivering wine right now. I got a side job. And oh, then, shit. um, other than that, I'll be home chilling with my wife, writing music, relaxing, Jersey, you know, just, just Mac until this, you know, <laughs> Mac until this shit's done. I'm, I'm in, you know, West New York, New Jersey, Hudson County all day is my hometown. Um, you know, I you know grew up dirty Jersey my whole life. Nice. You, know, you know, but nice. I was you know always I you know we grew up right here in Hudson County. Wait, 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 wait. Before you, before you say that, you know that that Jeremiah knows rap bones. No. Oh, dude, rap bones lived. Rap bones was my roommate. Rap bones lived with me in my projects when I was fourteen. <laughs> my mother. You can bring on the show right now. Bring rap bones on the show right now. He squatted. <laughs> Check this out. He squatted with us. He, he met me and my whole crew, ended up sleeping over Grano's house. Grano's mom found him. <laughs> out. And then I was like, not, you know, I always had the cool mom. I love my mom. Big shout out to my mom, Vanessa. I love her. Amazing, amazing woman, Puerto Rican woman. Everybody, everybody was always chilling at my house. You know, right. We were all smoking weed, chilling. You know, <laughs> and then I was like, um, you know, I brought home Rappos. I was like, mom, you know, this is Rappos, my friend. She was like, <laughs> she, she okay, looks at Rappos. She's like, all right, I'm like, you want to, she's like, you want to take a shower? <laughs> 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 oh, Yo, how fucked up is that? That's, my Rap, Rap is from Jersey originally. I know he's from Tom's yeah. River. That's oh, crazy. Yeah. Rapbones is a big bro. Do you, you understand? <laughs> you understand? Rapbones. When I was a kid, I met Rapbones when I was fourteen. Yeah. All right. Rapbones was the first person he put me on to Subhumans. He was like the one that like showed me fucking Crown of Thorns. Like Rapbones showed us all. He put on my whole hood to like you know hardcore new york hardcore and punk and like all that shit like you know we we had a fucking we were like the hudson county suburb punks we were like right. a fucking little we we formed a crew he he had us form a crew and shit we'd walk around throwing cinder box <laughs> on windows and spray painting cars you know he, we, he really he really fucking led us as a, as a punk rock crew man god bless him man I'm not even, I'm, I'm, dude, i can bring three people on this show no, bring rappers on this show this is all on my mother truth like no lie okay like, this we, guy lived we believe you, we believe you. for years, and then, 
and then you know he went to his alter ego, and then now he's doing good. You know, so I love that. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw him. Um, I saw him not actually saw him right after Black and Blue. I saw him again yeah. after we played the the, um, the Black and Blue at Coney Island, baby, because he was there. And um, <laughs> you guys are playing again. Playing I know. I can't wait. I can't so, wait. I can't so wait. Let's, so, Jay, so, let's uh, ask the question. Yeah. So, 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 Jeremiah, I was I was just going to talk a little bit about. Let me. I always like to ask how people got into music and their journey into it. So you were saying you were obviously like introduced through through hardcore by rap bones, which is not everyone can say that story. I mean, that's a pretty you know <laughs> infamous character in the New York hardcore scene to be able to attach yourself to. I was, I was very lucky. One thing I will say, I was mad lucky to grow up around a lot of crazy ass OGs. <laughs> like, it started with rap bones, and then from rap bones, I ended up getting into music. And I was like, oh, I don't want to really skate and be a punk. I want to like take music seriously. So I started chilling in the studios. And then I started hanging out with the guys from Drag Pipe. I don't know, you know, if you guys remember that band, Drag Pipe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, you know the singer J Diablo. Um, no, I, no, I was listening. I was in rehab in LA with J Diablo. You told me that. How yeah. crazy is that? <laughs> he used to be in a band called Stem. Yeah. Yep. Yo, I was, that guy was crazy. Yo, right. he's, a, he's, a, he's a good musician, but he makes he beats is. too. He does. He made beats for Capadonna from Wu Tang and um, uh, Ghostface. He made beats for a couple people from Wu Tang. That, that's that's yeah, after Jay Diablo. Yo, that's yeah. crazy. That's uh, Diablo. And, and, and shout out to Gino and everybody from Drag Pipe. Go listen to that album. Seriously. They were signed to Interscope. They made one album. It's seriously one of my favorite albums of all time. Music so, for the last day of your life. Awesome. So, Jeremiah, how did you. What was your journey like getting into performing like with your band? What was your first band like, and how did you get that bug? Was it just from going to shows, and you're like, oh, man, I got it? Like I was saying, I was, I was lucky, like, from going from Rap Bones and going, coming to the New York hardcore scene. Like, I went to Wet – I saw Agnostic Front play at Wetlands. I yeah. saw the Da Vinci No, so did I. It was awesome. I saw, last, I saw some of the last Wetlands shows as a young kid. Yep. Yeah. That, that, to me, was, like, my first taste. And then I saw the, the hip-hop battles there. Like, I saw my – you know, my, my, Brad Wright shows. Yeah, so Wetlands was like intense. It was like punk rock, and then it was hip hop, and it was everything. It was like it was the fucking scene at one point. So I got that real taste, and then um, coming back home, meeting the guys from Drag Pipe, watching them get signed. You know, sold out CBGBs three nights in a row. Yeah. They got signed to Interscope. I was there for all that. I was literally like watching all this. So, so it's just that like kinda, that put the bug in you, so to speak, a little bit to be like, all right, I gotta no try idea. to. You have no idea. And then um, <laughs> what happened was. I got fucked up with um, selling weed and get a bunch of fucked up shit. And then I went away to fucking juvenile hall for like six months. And I did mad fucking reflecting, mad crazy reflecting. I came out, drag pipe had lost the deal. It was like a fucking disaster. It was like all sad and shit. It was like a fucking, you know, the whole <laughs> and then I ended up going to another studio. And then one day I was jamming with my boy, Mikey and Gio. We were in a band called that must die. Okay. And this is real, real talk. We're jamming. We have a kill, killer jam come outside in the hallway and suddenly it's fucking Chris from El Nino, Lash from El Nino, Dave from El Nino, Jamie Josta, and fucking like four other people. They were recording One Nation Underground nice. at the 4th Street Studio. That's the you know the record that Jamie's on yep. and Matt were on that record. It was the, one of the last records they were on, Roadrunner. Yep. And they were recording that in my studio. I had no idea. I was, I'm just fucking down the hall doing my thing. <laughs> you know, and then like. They fucking went crazy. They were like, yo, what the fuck? You kids are fucking ripping it right now. It's fucking 2 o'clock in the afternoon. What the fuck are you guys? And I was like, yeah, you know, we really trying to do this shit. So um, I got that fucking, you know, camaraderie from them. And just seeing everybody around me, like between El Nino, 40 Below Summer, and then E-Town Concrete, like my best friend's fucking. Yep. Yeah, that um, kind of whole razor and tie. Yeah, it was just like. Yep. 
was just this monster of era of music to me that was just like I had to do it, you know, like and, and, and the guy who told me about Jeremiah, first guy who was saying you gotta listen to this guy rap was Eddie Leeway. Oh no shit. All right, shout out Eddie who we've had on the yeah, show. Eddie so. Leeway putting putting the Put Jeremiah on. And he was like, shout out to Laz also. Yeah, shout out to Laz and Christian, all yeah. those guys. Yeah, but, shout but out to Leeway hit me up. He was like, yo, whatever. And I said, oh, all right. Because I said, I'm doing a band and I'm looking for new acts. And he said, yo, I got this guy. He's a solo dude, but he has a band too. And I was like, all right, let me see what's up. Then one day I went to, uh, I was in Queens and uh, I was at the, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's that, that club, uh, uh, Nicky Cam's club. Uh, Blackthorn, and all of a sudden, yeah. I see these. I see him and his boy, and I was like, "Yo, what's up, blah blah?" And we started talking. They came up to me, but they, they he told me but he, before he came up, they were scared of me. Like you were like, you're I, like was. <laughs> I was like, "No, what's up, guys?" <laughs> I was. That was so. No, I saw you at that was the Agnostic Front show. Yeah, yeah. That, that was when I first met you in person. But before yeah. that, before all that even happened, it was like, um, you know, it was been a real transition for me, like you know, becoming going from a solo. rapping. Yeah. Just singing solo, you know, it was, and I've always been in bands. Like I was a bass player for bands my whole life, like you know, my whole career up until me pursuing rapping with White Henny, me losing the deal with White Henny, and then transitioning into like this phase of Concrete Dream. Right. And Eddie, there, that whole thing, like Eddie, literally, like literally saw me like about to fucking do all this big shit as White Henny, and then lose that shit, and then right boom, I'm in Concrete Dream now. And he witnessed that, and like I wasn't even sitting on the records, I wasn't singing at all. I was just rapping. I was barely screaming. I was don't rap, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. You're dope. You're a dope singer. You have a dope style. And that's and when I first heard him, I was like, yo, this kid, he's fucking he's 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 white and fucking Puerto Rican. He's fucking dope, but he has a dope style. And I was like, yo, I just kid I believe in this kid. That's that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the birth of Concrete Dream and sort of that that relationship, like like Jeremiah, how did you get the band together? Like you were saying, you you were used to being yeah. a solo person. So how did you get the band together? And then and then tell us a little bit about that journey, bringing it to the E Train Records path. Because I think yeah, that, sure. that a lot of people would like to hear that, E-train especially like you, like you said, uh-huh. like you know you were you were doing shit solo, and then that you yep. know, that you had kind of in your mindset said like, yo, this is going to be my thing. I'm building towards this, and the next thing you know, now you're in a in a band. So put that in a little bit of perspective for some of our listeners, man, because I think that that people would love to hear that story. Yes. Fortunately, like I was lucky that my drummer and my bass player were always rocking with me and White Henny. So, you know, White Henny always performed live with a band. Like I never White Henny White Henny only performed one time without the band, and that was at um EO Dub, end of the week. Shout outs to EO Dub, Big Zoo, and big big ups to Nunzio. Um it was the longest running open mic in New York I City. Nunzio for a long time. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's the like one of the first pla- like one of the long like seriously, they they still going strong. But Going from that like phase and then always jamming with the band, it was kind of easy. So I always I had it going already, but it wasn't it wasn't as intense as Concrete Dream. It was just it was like a backup band to a rapper, you know, right. like they're covering the songs. It's different. It's a different energy, you know. It, it wasn't as metal. It wasn't as hardcore. It was it was more laid back, like you know. It, but it was still aggressive at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. But then losing the guitar player that we were working with, Alex. Big up to Alex. You know, do, you know, just shit was going on. He couldn't play guitar no more. We lucked out with JFK because Meta, my bass player, was already working with JFK. Yo, he's a dope, yeah. Meta's a dope bass player, bro. No, he, Meta's, Meta's the one oh, that... Oh, shout out. Yeah, he's bass player, Cuban. That's awesome. Yo, shout out to everybody in Concrete Dream. Uh, the bass player, the Cuban beef, Mena, the <laughs> drummer, the Filipino, <laughs> Juan Bang, and the Why Irish... The dope, Filipino JFK. drummer, he's the dopest. Shout out Juan. 
Shout so, out to JFK. Shout out to my DJ, DJ D Preezy. So Jeremiah, how did you how did you end up linking up? How did the band end up coming together into the studio and linking up? Like with- we were saying, well, we were already in the studio. We were already in Soundmore Studio with Eddie Leeway. He was there through that whole transition. So the band was already in there. Cool. And um, Eddie's like, yo, you should sing. Like, you should take this up. You got to sing in the hooks. Like, you got to. Nobody's going to want to hear this shit. And also, I'm Gordon. Eddie Leeway and Rap Bones. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Yo, that's and, a pretty, like I said, man, not a lot of people can say that that's how they got no, into this whole thing. Eddie literally sat there and he was like, yo, just sing, like, sing what you feel, man. And I was freestyling hooks in front of Eddie with the band jamming. Eddie's just there smoking cigarettes in Spider-Man stands like this. <laughs> and he's just listening to me. And he, yeah, like, he's, he's, he wasn't like, I can't say he was vocal coaching me, but he was coaching me. Like he yeah. was, like he was like, yo, yeah, you he's should, one of the best singers in the Yeah, yo, no, he's a he is, man. And. and I, I listened to his records and I kind of was like, you know what, man? Like, and and the same thing with J Diablo. Like, both of them. Like, you don't gotta be like this boys to men type singer. If you're singing from the soul and you believe that shit and and you really real and you the shit you're saying is real, people are gonna feel you. Yeah, no matter really, what man. The fuck. And especially on aggressive you know? music too, it's like. I almost think the raw and the passionate kind of realness works with the hard guitars and shit. Nobody really wants the too too clean, you know. He no, sings, for sure. His, his tone, he sings, reminds me of P.O.D. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sings, and he's one of my, so one of my I, huge I, idols growing up, too. He's a, yo, pick up the sunny. That dude, that, dude is a, that dude can sing and he's a cool guy. So oh, he's that, amazing. That, that's a good person to look up to. Look up to. Totally. He showed us a lot of love, too, when we opened up for P.O.D. He showed, we opened up for P.O.D. twice, and he showed us a lot of love. He watched us. He took pictures with us. He rocks the shirt and everything. He's that's awesome. Pick up the sunny. So how did but, you, so then you, you when you guys shout sunny, and then. So this is but no, this is what happened. So now Eddie Leeway and Gordon, his manager Gordon, who was also an agnostic front, big ups to Gordon. Yep. Um, they took me to Drew Stone's and my and they took my wife, took me and my wife to Drew Stone's documentary um, premiere at Gramercy Theater. Yep. Yes. And uh, already, um, my wife, my beautiful wife, she already w- um, knew Stormy. Um, my girl, yeah. I, I, the I, was I was on a panel. He was on the panel. So like, I I was. I wanted to go up to him that day and like kind of break bread. You know what I'm saying? Like just before he even put the post out, like, yo, I'm looking for bands. I didn't even know about E-Train Records. I just wanted to go break bread with home. Right. You know what I mean, because I knew I had Eddie Leeway there. I had the stain. I could have been like, yo, what up? And then I was just like, ah, nah, I'm nervous, man. It's too much time to be out right now. I was like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> What's it called? Um, so like, you know, I, you know, and then I was walking back home with Leeway and walking back home with Gordon and originally Concrete Dream is going to be called Trap Metal. Literally, oh, no we were shit. Just, okay. Literally, and it was, and I had the corn logo flip backwards. It was gonna be this whole shit, and then um, Gordon oh, Lee dream much better for a name for a band for sure. <laughs> Yo, listen to the story. Listen to the story, and like after that, like after watching that documentary, like seriously, it was a dope documentary. Drew Stone did a um, magnificent job. Everybody was deep. It was, to me, it hit me deep because like I'm still like, you know, I would one would say like. I, I wasn't there living it with y'all in the 80s and really living the fucking when real, like Eddie Leeway would say, when the real New York hardcore shit was real. So it's like, <laughs> like, you know, like, and he even said in a documentary, you know what I mean? He's like, let's start it off with New York hardcore died in the 80s, you know, whatever. That's Eddie, you know. But it's like, I wasn't there. So watching that was really nostalgic to me and it really, like, brought this energy to me. Yeah, inspiration. It was insane to me. It was like, yo, this is, this is real. Like, I'm more, I'm more than just some trap shit. Like, you know, Gordon's right. Gordon was like, you're gonna change. Your music's gonna change. You don't want to label yourself as um He's right. being one he style. Right. Yeah. And he was, and and, and Eddie right. was right there. My girl was right there, and I was like, wow, you know. So the next day, I was just walking my dog, you know, kicking the shit, whatever. 
staring at the floor, staring at the concrete. Like, you know, our whole life, we just, we just <laughs> fucking walk concrete floor, you know, on some real shit. And then E-Town Concrete's literally one of my like yeah, big I, favorite bands. I love E-Town being Concrete. From, being from Jersey and being for hip hop and metal. Shout you know, they, big, out they had a big, yeah. in the name, big shout outs to that money. Like absolutely big shout outs to that money. And like just fighting for this dream. Like seriously, I've been fighting for this dream since I was 13. I've been rehearsing in studio since I was 14 years old in, you know, in New Jersey. Like this is the, this is real. So I was like, yo, I'm still doing this shit. I'm 30 years old. You know, we live in this dream. We're still on this fucking concrete, concrete dream. That's cool. And then I called all the guys. I called all the guys right away. Right away, I Googled it first. Before I call the guys, I'm like. <laughs> Just to make sure it's not taken or whatever. <laughs> so I don't sound like an asshole. And then it comes up. Only thing that has is a country singer has a, a song called Concrete Dream. Yeah, perfect. Some kind of song. So, e, Isaac, when, so e, when, you, when you and Donnie heard the demos, what did you think? Were you like. I, I, I heard this. Listen, I heard this shit. And I was like, this shit is dope. What was the first song you heard from them? Do you remember? Catch 22. Catch 22. Catch 22. And, 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 and I was like, Donnie, just. Uh, One song. I was like, yo, I listened to it. And it was, it was, and I was like, yo, you guys got to change it. You got to change it to like hook, uh, the chorus, hook. We built it up. They had it. But was it that Donnie was like, yo, Donnie is. We'll go in there and uh, we'll switch this up. I was like, Donnie, they can't. <laughs> don't, don't, you can't. When you talk to people, remember, it's their music. When people tell me about my music. Yeah, no, you got to treat everybody. I, I got to yeah. talk nice. But Donnie is like, it, he's like the Gestapo in the studio. So, <laughs> Yo, he's, say, he's, he's brutal. Straight, straight business. Don is brutal. I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm rooting for the band. Donnie's like, no. Yeah. That's how it goes. He shit about all of us. There's some things you need to talk to Donnie that you wouldn't want to talk to me about. Right. If you want to talk about, if you want to talk about touring and this stories and that, Talk to me. You want to talk about if you want to talk about statistics and money of the I don't know shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. I'm the, That's why I lucked out with two of the best managers in the business, man. I got I got, <laughs> I got the yin and yang. All the bases are covered, yeah, for sure. So Jeremiah, you what's funny I, was oh, Danny ahead. put out a post real quick. Danny put out a post. Long story short, Danny put out a post saying, Yo, I got E Train Records. I'm looking for any rap metal bands. I was like, what the fuck? Like literally, it was two days later. Yeah, it was planets literally al- later. planets aligned. Eddie Leeway's right there smoking cigarettes, chilling in the room. <laughs> and then I was like, yo, should I send my music to him? Is it cool? And he's like, hell yeah, send my music. Send it over. I sent it over. Literally 24 hours later, Danny calls me. I get some weird up. number. And I see his government name on my phone. I didn't know his government <laughs> name. And I'm like, I'm like, he's like, is this your, is this your, is this your no. I'm like, what? And he's like, he's like. What's up? And I'm like, oh man. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, oh shit. Hey, what's up, Mr. Diablo? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm fucking shook. And he was like, my business partner's flying out from LA tomorrow. We're gonna meet you in the city. What time do you want to meet? Like that. Boom. Well, we well listen. This is the thing. No, listen. Like I want to tell you something that that made me want to work with these kids. First of all, he's very charismatic. So also, he I call him the trap Axel Rose. Because he was after he has long hair and I did another thing, you know, all the guys in this band have jobs that financially fucking fit. So it's like do the bands where he's like, do this, so like, yo, we have no money. These guys all work together and we'll pay for the thing. I never had a magic score had that magic score had that money. Like imagine they work like these Puerto Rican money, these guys never know what works. <laughs> well, you the work some- ethic of fucking concrete dream of Jeremiah and, and all his band. It's so fucking amazing that they are gonna go fucking far. I, it's another thing I'm trying to tell you. Then each way rankings, but I I told these guys 
if they get a big deal and, and a major label wants to sign them, but sign the major label. Don't fuck it. I'm not going to be sound. No, no. Uh, I mean, everybody grows, especially. Listen, the thing I is. I tell them that yeah. they have to grow. I, that, everybody listen, grows. I'm trying to do my own my own career. How right. the fuck am I going to do someone else's career? You understand? No, I'll no, bring you listen, to this level, but, always help you, but. They deserve to be on a fucking major label. Well, that's, I mean, that's the, the thing. The only major I, labels out there, give me a call. <laughs> Let's talk before we let <laughs> Jeremiah go. Well, I want to plug the video that you did with, with our good friend Dale, Ray Dressagini. Shout oh, out to Dale. Um, the Dale. the Hero. And Hiro the Hero. Hiro so, the Hero. Jeremiah, tell us a little bit about that single. Tell the fans about the video working with Rage because that, that video was sick, man. No, yeah. seriously. That was fucking amazing. No, yeah. No, seriously, it was it was a big it was a big production. It's a shame you weren't there. It was it was, it was intense. It was we yeah, had tell, fucking tell, VIP. Tell, tell, tell who's on it in the remix. Tell we got, Hero. We got Hyro. Well, well, let me tell you the story. So Dale got the song, loved the song. Right away, he sends us on to Hyro. Hyro's like, this shit is crazy. I'm getting on it. He records records the verse at the end, the, the on the breakdown. Sends it back to me. I'm like, this shit is hot. Don talks to his manager, and then now the label was holding it for a while. Um, Sony, Sony Records, and then Sony Records was like, "All right, this shit is hot, clear it." <laughs> and then fucking Dale was able to shoot the video, and we fucking shot it in West New York, New Jersey. Yep. Um, we had about what 150 kids there. We had a yeah, we had, thing was sick. It was there we had go. it was packed. It was a packed house. We had um my boy VB3 lunch, Chef Coletti, he catered the event. Um, it, it was intense, man. We like seriously working with Rage. It was like seriously being on a movie set. We had a seventy-five thousand dollar camera. Big ups to Steve Romano for that. Um, the DP on the set. Big ups to Don Caprio, assistant director. Did I mean, you guys Gale, know? Uh, did you notice too, Jeremiah? Like uh, dis a difference in the band perception when you guys released a video like that because it was it premiered on Revolver. It was I mean it came out real big all around. So did you it, notice that that there was just a, a little bit of a jump right away where you were like, oh shit, and people started paying a little bit more attention. We we got a huge jump with a deal. We got the stamp like not for nothing. Ever since we dropped that video, like the week later, I was opening up for POD and Nonpoint. Yep. And then once, but twice, yeah. and no local no local band travels like that between states. Right. So we were we were doing things that no local bands really doing. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Awesome. You know what I mean? So so you know that that came from Dale, and it wasn't even that it came from Dale necessarily. It just came from. That it just stain. organically happens from growing out yeah. of that, the music of that we're all a part of. Yeah, we loved Dale Rage Nation yeah, films. We, like, we love Dale him. here so much. He was our no, guest. No, no, no. Love you, Dale. He was he's helping, helping Tommy Dream as we speak. Like, he's always he's probably going to shoot our next video. He's he's a man. He's, yeah, he's been he's, God. He's the best, man, family. Well, uh, he really is. And awesome. he puts in that work. He awesome. puts in that Awesome, Jeremiah. Well, listen, we're going to let you go uh, real quick. Give everybody links to where can they listen to Concrete Dream, on, where they can you know, well, everybody Jeremiah. talk to me. <laughs> tell them the E Train's the new the new the new Death Row. Chain Packers were the new Death Row, straight up. <laughs> and you, the new Death Row. <laughs> so right. Jer Jeremiah, where can everybody hear uh Concrete Dream music? Uh, Obviously on all streaming platforms, but where can we find you on Instagram? The new thing for us, and we're we're promoting it heavy. We we have a beautiful dot com right now. Seriously, it's a fucking amazing fucking thing to go to. ConcreteDreamBand.com. Okay, awesome. Oh, yeah. And we'll show that in our, our all, your videos, all your videos. Everything's there. We got the videos. We got the Instagrams. We got the Insta spans. We got the Twitter. We got the YouTube. You go there. Everything's there. ConcreteDreamBand.com. Buy our merch. Yeah. The merch is there. We got three shirts. We got designs. We got masks. Condoms. 
Get on that. Happy <laughs> team, baby. That's awesome. Well, yo, Jeremiah, thank you so much for stopping by. So yo, uh, Jeremiah, I love you, brother. Really love excited. you too, man. We're gonna have you come in when we get back into our regular routine. Yeah, we're gonna have you come I into the studio. The guys. And, I gotta bring the band. Yeah, and, we gotta, tell, and yeah. talk more a little bit more about your relationship yeah, with with E Train and, and everything we have going on. But we are trying to involve all our friends in this. Uh, you know, time at being at home and no, thank you, thank and, you, and showing thank you. everybody how people are staying active, especially you know bands like you guys who are new and you know things like that. And oh, and real quick, yep. everybody, please tune in um, this Saturday to the Concrete Dream Facebook. We're going live with the singer from Fire from the Gods, the singer from Siler, Danny Diablo himself, me, Christian from El Nino, okay, the singer from Dropout Kings, the singer Shifty. from Shifty from Crazy Town. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's going to be a live Zoom conversation about hip hop, the way hip hop fused your metal from hardcore to trap to new metal, on where it was, where it came from, and where it's going. So That's check awesome. that out. Please sure to check that out. Awesome, um, it's good. We'll, and we'll put we'll put links for all that stuff in our description. So thank Jer- Jeremiah, thank, thank you so much for joining us on Corona Chronicles. Jeremiah, man. I love you, little brother. And we will talk. Love to you too, soon, man. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Peace. All right, Fuck guys, yeah. we are back on the Corona Chronicles, episode number four. It is my pleasure <laughs> to welcome the one and only Billy Biohazard. <laughs> the one and only. What yeah. up, Billy? Dude, thank you so How much you doing, for, brother? for checking in with us, Billy. Good. We're so excited to have you on. Good to see you guys, man. Oh, Virtually. Billy, I love you, bro. You too, brother. It's been too long. Oh, Billy, let's start off with the, the what everyone. I mean, how are you holding up with all this craziness, man? We're, what's what's been going on? I, I'm great, dude. I'm a fucking survivor. We all are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use this time. Hey, bud, please. My son's behind the camera making faces. <laughs> <One side. laughs> um, you know what? Like, like one of the things right away, I, I fucking I said to myself, I'm going to use this time to better myself to do something different. That yeah. I never had time for. Awesome. One of them spending a little bit more time with my boy, but that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, but um, so I learned some new skills, some new trades, and still doing music and kicking ass. I got like four records on the burner, and uh, it's going good. Yeah, man. I want to so, actually let's start off with talking about the the first thing. Right, with a, I think uh, it might be the most recent thing you did, which was your solo <laughs> record, right on uh, on Bridge Nine, uh, called Feed the Fire. Right? Do you want to talk a little bit yep. about that, Billy? Because that, that record was really great, man. And I know you teamed up with a friend of ours, Chris Wren, who's awesome at Bridge Nine. So tell us a little bit about that record and sort of what made you want to do that and that whole journey. Chris fucking great, dude. You, yeah, we, we all know how, how dope fucking Bridge Nine was. I always want to do something with those guys, and I'll be straight up. Bridge Nine alum it's between dur- the three of us. All of us have had releases on Bridge Nine, which is pretty cool. I, yeah, me man. too, right? Yeah. You, yep. you had a crown of thorns at my, <laughs> The Distance and, and Billy Vile. so. I heard I heard Chris is putting out the new trap record. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh man! So I had um, I always wanted to work with Chris, and, and I always respected everything that he did. I love his ethic and and all the bands that that came out in Bridge Nine. But straight up, fucking Edwin was always a hater, man. Yeah. He fucking <laughs> he was always like, "Why would we do a step?" He'd be like. What are we going to take a step backwards for? Fucking, it's stupid. I'm like, it's not a step back, which is what we're from, dude. Right. It's our shit. And looking back, man, I really think that if we would have done more shit that I wanted to do, it would have um, salvaged a lot of our, you know, 
early era where we've split Roadrunner and independent labels and went to major labels right. and yeah. caught a lot of flack for that shit. But regardless, so I got a chance to do it. I did a solo record. Now I have a whole new career. That's just Billy. hard, bro. That's yeah, that record, record is man. hard. I, real I, good record. Yeah, I enjoyed it, especially the first single too. Was cool because I I'm not sure. If, I'll be honest. I, I'm not sure what I expected, and when I got to hear it, man, it was like exactly what I thought it should be. If that makes sense, you know, it was like a very traditional, like hardcore rooted, uh, at, like a lot of like anthem ish type of lyrics. Man, the single was awesome. The video was really hot. It was it was really cool. Yo, to see the, that the come video out. was fucking weird. The, the weird crazy. Yo, the thing. video was Every awesome. Point of view, it was like. Like, it's like you can go all around and stuff. I was like, what the fuck? And oh, that was a 360 video. You know who likes that record and who hates everything? Paul Barra. <laughs> uh, he loves that record. How's he doing? I haven't seen him in a long time. It's ugly and miserable. Good. <laughs> He's good. Great. He was out here playing with my bo- I'm producing the new Count Time record, and he, yeah. he was out tour with those guys. I didn't make it. I was yeah. on tour, but. I wanted to hang out with him. No, uh, but he's, he's, he's still he's still sane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's good. So, That's Billy, good. T- t- continue talking a little bit about about the Feed the Fire album. So, how did that come together? Were you was that something that you had always been working on and had wanted to do, or was that just uh, like growing out of doing coming out of that Power Flow album cycle? Or how did you decide to to do that? I, you know what? I, looking back, Jay, now I, I look at it like I I was always a solo artist. I always mm-hmm. write my shit. Yeah. I brought my songs into Biohazard, and as much as I love Biohazard and the, I, I love the band vibe, yeah. but it was always like I would step up and bring a song in, Punishment, for example, whatever. I would bring the song in, and, and then we would put our shit together and make it a band song. But I was always the guy to bring my shit completely finished. I, I have demos of like Punishment, Tales of My Hard Side, songs completely done, acoustic yeah. version of what makes us oh, tick. That's awesome. Like, but. So, it, but I like the way a band works. I like that fucking catch. Yeah. I love it when Bobby and I get at it. We go face to face. No, man, yeah. that fucking sucks. No, you're sucked. Because <laughs> out of that tension, it comes great shit. And yeah. I like that. But I'll tell you this, man. Doing, get, getting a chance to have my music and my, my shit come to fruition in full light without having somebody else putting their influence on, even though I like it. When other, you know, I mean, I love playing with Bobby and Dan and shit, but I like having my shit be the way I intended. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's your creation. It's your creation. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I understand that. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You're a painter, Danny. You 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 don't you don't have somebody like when you fucking paint something, you don't invite your boys over and give them a paintbrush and paint and say. Go ahead, change what you want. No, yeah, that's I, 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 don't, I don't want them even in the room. I don't want no one in the room. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Even, even in the studio, I don't want them in the room. Right. <laughs> so the same, the same shit. So I got I got a lot of uh, great energy. I'm on record number two now. It's almost done. And uh, that'll... Yeah, I need a, give me a guest vocal spot, bro. I, I would fucking love to, bro. Yeah, we got to make there. that. I'm there. I'm fly right out there and do it right in the studio. Fuck that! Oh, fuck the studio! I'm going to your studio. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck Billy, with yeah. with feed the fire, did you you worked on? Did you you obviously do you produced all the the songs yourself? And, and that, is that what you're doing with this second record too? Or are you bringing in some other people? Or, or what's the approach on this second record? It's just the same stuff. I have like you know, I, I I just got back from the studio. I was there all day, and it's my fucking cave, my creative cave. I just hang out there. There's there's no windows. <laughs> it's fucking the exact same vibe every day, every day, whether you're there at four in the morning or four in the afternoon, 
It looks the same, so that way <laughs> the, the energy is not. It's amazing. I love amazing. that. Yeah. And then, uh, so I work with uh, Tui Madsen. He mixes my stuff. Oh yeah, he's he does fucking, an amazing job. Yeah, he's a great fucking guy. Um, so we're working on this new record, and that it's supposed to come out in in October, but right. I think we're shit's a little fucked up right now. So yeah. We'll see. <laughs> so Billy, obviously, like this whole craziness with the the coronavirus and shit obviously affected all your touring you guys must have had you must have had a bunch of stuff planned right that that's obviously maybe being pushed back is there anything you could talk about that was maybe in the works um either on the on your on your solo stuff or even the, the power well, flow I mean, stuff yeah we did um set and i've been working on a new power flow for a while we're almost like done that. that's just hard yo bro. that Listen, that record's hard yo 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 send send dog is one of the coolest guys in the world Shout out to Sand Dog. Your bass player is cool as fuck, too. Yo, you guys yeah, Chris great, is great. Bro. You Thank you, great, brother. It's a great band, man. It's hard as fuck. Hard. Great lineup. Yeah. Of, it's good shit. Yeah, great the new lineup. Record, it's, great lineup of people sorry, in that band. Sorry, Billy. Go ahead. The new record, the new Power Flow record's um, a, a lot harder than the first record. A lot, a lot more metal. Sand is a fucking... He's a, he he's spits. I mean, he's, he's we know beast. him as Cypress Hill. But yeah. he's a fucking metalhead, man. He's a and it, When we were doing the first record, we were we'd be in the studio, and I'm a big fucking Cypress Hill fan. He's like, we've been a big Cypress Hill fan. Yep. Your kids. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So to be to be in a band with him, and even though we're homies, but yeah, I'm what? like, no, no, no. I'm trying to make it. Oh, let's make it more like you guys. Make it more groovy. And he's like, no, no, make no, it more like your shit. shit. Yeah, he likes. What was the band? That he was in a band before that was hard too. SX10. SX10. Yeah, that was hard. That was fucking hard too. That's bad punk rock. Billy, Billy, can you tell us a little bit about how Power Flow came together? Because I think on the surface it wouldn't seem like a uh, like a group of people that would come together for a record. But then when you hear it and you know the history between you guys and Cypress Hill, like you were saying, and just your your history with hip hop, really in general with the hip hop community and stuff. Um, how did that come together, the Power Flow story? Like, I want to hear about how the, how you guys linked up and decided to do a band. It's a it's a funny story, man. The band was a band, um, you know. Before we uh, we we finished the record, we weren't even a band. So there was like a just a bunch of dudes that got together. Sen would come to the studio first. Not first off, it was him and Roy, uh, Roy from yeah. Downset. He, he's not in shout the band. Shout out Roy. Roy. Shout out to Roy. But he's uh he they came to me in the studio. And I was working on a Biohazard record at the time, and we just we just split up. We had some fallout with Scott, and I came back, and I was like, "Man, you know what? Now's the fucking time. I'm doing my fucking solo shit. I'm gonna do this shit." So Stan and comes comes in the studio, and he's like, "All right, we got this new thing going on. You want to get down with it?" And I'm like, "You know, we just had a baby. I, I don't want to leave and, and go sit in a van for something new. If I'm gonna leave my family, I want to go and do my own shit. Right? Yeah. And I'm working on the solo thing." I said, but if you want, I'm, I like the music. I'm saying I'm always down to work with you. So I'll produce your record. I'll write some songs for you if yeah. you want. And that's how it started. So I wrote a bunch of songs. And that, that was the beginning of the band. Um, and then there was no name. There was nobody. It was just Sen and I would, we, after Friday, Sunday night football, he'd show up in the studio at fucking <laughs> 9 p.m. <laughs> bring a couple buddies and fucking biker crew. And then we fucking we just write songs. We work on music and drink a bunch of beers. And and after like two or three months, we had a bunch of songs. That's and awesome. then, um, and then we were we ended up recording the record. Yo, um, who's the drummer? So Fernando, dude. Yeah, that, 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 who is that guy? 
So he, he was with. Hard. That dude play some shit, some hard shit, bro. He's fucking hard shit, man. Yeah, but, I was bro, watching you play. I was like, oh shit. He's right? a fucking. He's him and I had a band together called Endra from Brazil. Right. He, he was like, he was uh, this. He's a fucking badass drummer. He's a hardcore kid from Sao Paulo in a band called. Uh, the band was called Treta. It's like hate means tra- I think it means hate. That's They're awesome. like the hardcore dudes. Like it's like the fucking the heart of the heart in fucking Sao Paulo. Anyways, him and I have been friends for like 20 years, yeah. and we had a band together. So then we were looking for a drummer, and Roy asked me, what do you think about Fernando? I'm like, he's a fucking killer drummer, man. Yeah, he's a dope drummer, yeah he is a really good drummer. So we brought him in. We, I taught him, we taught him the songs. He learned real quick. Yeah. He learned them on the spot because I don't give my music. I don't even – I don't email nobody anything. <laughs> <laughs> when the, my drummers play, uh, they listen to the song. They, we jam it and they record yeah. it. They don't. Dude. They, they don't smell it. <laughs> so Fernando did this shit on the spot. We're in the studio and we finish tracking the record. And, and Fernando says to me in Portuguese, he's like, "Hey man, what do you think? Are we should we do? We all get along great. We're having yeah. a good time. Let's make it a band." I'm like, "Yeah, fucking awesome. That's awesome." And then we, so then we thought, "All right, let's do it." We turned around. We're just fuck. Everybody's partying yeah. and. uh and sends like I'm fooling around with this idea. Roy came up with this name Power Flow. It's the way I the way I spit over the fucking hard riffs. What yo, do you that's think? That's a hard name, man. No, yo, yo, listen. I'm just happy that you could do something with Send Dog and 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 people. When I saw the video, it's like the with the car behind him. He's rapping. <laughs> this shit it was is hard. So- it's dark. Well, it's that's dark, what I'm saying. Dude. It's it it was so dark. cool as a fan. Like obviously, I'm a generation like two generations removed from, from Billy and a generation even, you know, younger. So growing up, I ain't that old. I ain't that old. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying like, you know, (laughs) but watching, watching, uh, you know, (laughs) watching Cypress Hill and and biohazard come together, especially because, you know, the judgment night soundtrack and all those things. and, And then seeing it come together and it being good was so fucking cool. And it's hard. And it was, it's cool. So it's cool to hear you guys working on a second record because we, we want to I want to, I, I want to tell you something right now. Yeah, it's good. A lot of bands, I'm just was saying, a lot of bands try to do the rap rock shit and it sucks. You know what I mean? Yep. And, yeah. No, seriously, that's why I don't like, but, but you guys were like, 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 like the way I do my shit, the way you do shit, it comes natural. It's, it's, come it's, real, it's a hard, real. hard, hard, hard place and we yeah. show it. But a lot of these bands, and they're, they're big, and they, they're trying to say shit's corny, you know? Well, but your shit's yeah. hard, it's real, and that's why I, I see, love it, man. You know, that's why I love I've it. Seen, I've seen some fucking whack bands that we brought <laughs> but, but there's some real good ones. Your, your boys are fucking good, bro. We're gonna to, we're gonna team up with them. We, actually, we just yeah. had them yep. on. We just we, had them on, on before we interviewed you, so that Jeremiah is the other guest amazing. with you on this episode. Cool, hey. man. Hey. They got some good <laughs> shit going on. Who did that record? Who did that? Uh, some kid from from another band. He does all those rap rock bands, but from upstate from uh, Pennsylvania. But fucking yeah. uh, the, the first stuff, Donnie produced it. Donnie produced the first stuff for them. So yeah, yeah, it was good. Last last El Nino helped out helped him out. Oh, nice, nice. He's good. He's a good dude. Yo, and Billy, you guys toured heavy on that powerful album cycle. I mean, you guys were everywhere on that record, right? Seemed like you guys yeah. toured like fucking. Yeah. That was like Bro. old school style touring on that one. Fucking. And people, you know, to see like, you know, living a lot of years in buses, yeah. and, and especially <laughs> the send dog from going to fucking jet planes and buses to a fucking van. So it's, 
<laughs> he keeps it real, man. It's in the heart. Yeah. And it was it was cool, man. We had a lot of crazy times. It was a little bit like it was in the early days yeah, of Biohazard. Awesome. Like, yeah, you know, I, I missed those it, days. Yeah. Kept kept it kept it real. And then now now we're on record number two, so we're all psyched about that. But the the tour plans, what's cool uh, no, no, we all had touring plans. Like, there's a lot of powerful stuff and a lot of really yeah. bio shit. But like everybody, you can't complain yeah. about it. You know, we're happy shit's getting getting it's opening back up now. So we've locked ourselves in the studio and just finishing the records. Do Do you think that's a record we'll see before the end of this year, or maybe Billy Bio's coming first? Okay, because there's dropped the Cypress Hill Cypress Hill record in the fall. That was the All plan. Right. Okay, and then uh, and then uh, the new Power Flow will be out early next year. That's awesome, man! I'm really looking Billy, we forward got to, to that. Billy, we got to tour on a Starhead and fucking Power Flow. That'll be fun. That'll be totally insane. I'm I'm down, dude. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> you know you're you know you're one of my favorite New Yorkers, bro. And I love you, bro. You know I love. Even you, though bro. you're from Queens. <laughs> oh, yo, bro, I'm telling you. I know. I know. <laughs> I miss New York. I miss New York, man. <laughs> yo, you should have been in the. We just did a great tour in Europe for a Persistence tour. Oh, that yeah, was a great lineup. Oh, what a lineup, man. That was crazy, right? Yeah. Good time. The last big tour before shit sh shut down. Yeah. Well, yep. I'm, I'm happy you getting those tours, man. Keep touring. Tour, yep. make, make money, sell that merch. Fucking make that money, bro. You know, you know, yep. We all have families and kids and fucking bills. You mean? And we have, yeah, I'm, I'm happy the kids love to come to shows now. You mean? Yeah. So, right? It's, well, yeah. Cool. it's great to, to see different generations. Yeah, MAD keeps it fucking good, man. Those dudes, since day one, I love them. We got to do one of those persistence tours back in 2006, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, just going over there, the way that, that our music and stuff is treated over there is like, I mean, I, it was like nothing I'd ever seen. So it was yeah, very they, cool. They, they do a really cool thing. I love the family vibe. Everybody yep. together. Yeah. No bullshit. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's it, awesome. I've seen, some, I've seen some people try to pull some rock star shit in the past. <laughs> you I, see, I, I see a lot of people do that. I ain't going to say no names, but it was a biohazard and agnostic front well, hate breach for a long time ago. <laughs> some pretty funny shit went down. <laughs> so it's, it's funny because for people who don't know, I mean, you guys go back fucking way, way, way back. I mean, he's oh. like, talk a little bit about your history with yeah, listen, touring I went, together. Listen, I, went, I, I went on a tour with Sick and Wall and Biohazard, and it was the craziest. I, I always, listen, I love Biohazard. I used to go all the shows with Lamar's, yep. or even Phoebe's, and I always used to see Billy all the time. And, hey, what's up, guy? And, but we went on tour, and the Sick and Wall Biohazard, I, I must have gotten to like 30 fights in 30 nights. <laughs> every day. There was, every day there was a fight. Every day <laughs> He's just beating some kid down. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you started your fame. That's where your fame started. <laughs> he started that tour. <laughs> First time out in Queens. It was the best. It was one of the best fucking memories, man. I uh, swear. That tour, fucking, and Bobby, uh, Bobby and there. Danny, I uh, love them. Oh, yeah, shout out Bobby. He's, he's so Bobby cool. Yeah. Hey, hey, Billy, yep. so go, going back to those early days, man, what was that like for you guys coming out of, like, the hardcore scene and then just becoming, like, at that trajectory to becoming like on MTV. I mean, those videos are synonymous. Me and my brother would stay up. I, I've talked about your videos so many times on this podcast about just how influential they were on my brother Amazing. and I and watching. Like, what's that like, man? I mean, you guys, like you said, you're just coming out of our scene to be at the forefront of something like that. Do you mind talking a little bit about that sort of story back then and that vibe coming out of that? Yeah, I mean, it, 
I mean, Isaac was there. Like that punishment video. These our brothers from New York. Yes. These, those dudes fucking help put us on the map with that. That's some great scenery. Sob, rest in peace. So many yes. brothers. Fox with Mike. Um, oh, so, that video yeah. is one of the coolest things, man. Like, what? Like I said, man, me and my brother would watch that all the time. And I, like I said, I bug out now that I'm sitting here. I do a show with Isaac, and you're on here, and it's like, you know, like I'll send a screenshot of this to my brother, and we'll like laugh about it. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I remember, I was like, I was a kid too. So, what? Seeing like, see, I, I was seeing Biohazard. I would go to like, if black kids for CBGBs won't leave CBGBs. I would go to me, Hoya, and MQ would go. Lamar's and she, we'd be like, yo, and we'd be like, one day we're fucking with them. We're like, yo, I saw my cab driver today with a biohazard shirt. You niggas have a Everyone had a biohazard shirt. There'd be Mexicans and white guys and everyone. Yep. No matter where you went in New York City, every sanitation workers, everyone had a biohazard shirt. Yeah, oh. It was the greatest logo. It, the music. This is this is crazy. I'm a big Carnivore fan. I, I, I love Carnivore. Love yeah. Love, love type of negative and Biohazard was me when Carnivore left off and it was like so hard. The first the, the first album that was the Canadian one with, with uh, yeah. No, yep. the, the bass. It was it was simple, but it was like it, was, it, it moved me. It was like it was there was a groove. You know how Slater. Yeah, heaven had a groove. Yep, Biohazard always had a groove, and no band could open up with Slayer and 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 do make any noise. Biohazard opened up with Slayer, and people would go off of yep. Biohazard. Yep, yeah, that was a rough, you. That, really? that was a crazy yeah, tour. That, that was fucking amazing. You guys killed it. <laughs> I was there. I was. I was at every show. I was. I was, I was a fan. I was a kid. I was a fan. I, remember, I was happy. Remember I hated, we were. I hated my, I hated my, my life in high school. I love Biohazard. <laughs> what was the club? What was the club in Long Island? Sundance. Sundance. <laughs> Remember that show with Slayer? We, it was Biohazard White Zombie Slayer. Yes. White Zombie yes. opened up the show, and the dude, he would. The, his name was Frank Cariola. He would sold out club. Frank and then, Cariola, yeah. Yeah. After fucking White Zombie played, he would let people go outside to smoke, get you know, cool off and smoke some cigarettes, yeah. and then he would let new people in the front. And he wouldn't let the people out. Oh, man. Yeah. And I could pay again. He recycled <laughs> that club like three or four times that night. He was fucking killing. Yo, that was crazy. That's some, that's some, that's some, that's some, that's some like, Long Island shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Oh, man, Billy. <laughs> Back with Archie. Oh, that's a piece. Archie SIB. Oh, man. And that, it was just a quick. It, listen, back then, it, 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 to watch all that that all that happened in my front of my face and the, the beavers and butthead and all that fucking crazy shit and biohazard was on that. You know, biohazard was so big. And you know what? It, 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 the, the records were great. And then I then me and Puerto Rican Mike did a song. We, we, we went down to Billy's studio by the Brooklyn Bridge and we did a, one of the songs. Then then fucking 9 11 happened. Oh. Right? Then, right? I uh, yeah, that was crazy. That record came out September 11th. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That was crazy. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm on the record. Oh, the nightmare. And God's like, no, he's like, no. <laughs> the, uh, e, e, as you would call it, the, the, the hardcore curse, right? Yeah, yeah. hardcore curse. Anyone involved in they get they almost make it mayday, mayday, mayday. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, I, 
Puerto Rican Mike in the studio, Billy could start laughing. His Mike smiles—that was funny shit. Yeah, no, he's—I mean, he's wild as hell. As we've we've talked about him before numerous times, man. It's crazy. So, so Billy, talking about the videos and stuff, like well, again, what was that like? Just being on tour in Middle America, you know, where MTV and Beavis and Butt and all. Yo, what was it, that it, like? sold out shows. Sick of all my eyes are sold out. It was a, you know, I, I gotta say, I I didn't like how the people that were started to follow us weren't from the hardcore scene. That always bothered me. I'm like, wait a minute. This ain't, these people don't know what the fuck we're about. They like us because it was a butthead. I'm not, I'm not shaking a stick out of fame. No, I mean, no, it was, of course. No, I'm, I'm, I'm but, And I think I saw it before I, I, I could put my finger on it. I was like, and Bobby and I talked about it too. Like it, the fact that they, people who were liking us because of B was a butthead. I'm like, they don't know what we're really about. Right. They don't yeah. know what they call it. They don't know what, where we're from. Just because MTV plays this, they were liking us. It, it was cool, but it hurt us in a, in the long run. That's why bands like fucking I, Agnostic Front, Sick of It All, H2O, everybody that's fucking kept it real for so yeah. long, they still have the same fucking people that love them yeah. that, since day one. They never yeah. fucking, you know what I mean? And we never sold out, but... No. It was fuck. It was kind of almost like the media blew us up to a point where it seemed like we we changed. We didn't change. Yeah, you know no, what I mean. And we and didn't do anything no, different. No, 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 I would no, say it, what's it, cool now over the past, I would say like probably ten or so years, is seeing the like newer kids kind of. I don't want to say mimic Biohazard because that sounds bad, but how heavily influenced kids are by Biohazard oh, in the hardcore yeah. scene, and it's hell cool, yeah. and it's like it's awesome because again, coming from dudes like me and E were. Biohazard was always cool to us. It's it's like like you said, it got out of this this way, you know, where it was not really from our scene to now come back to our scene and seeing the kids really em- embrace it again and discovering those records like, you know, that you know maybe people weren't listening to right off the rip that now they're rediscovering again and stuff. And it's cool because a-, a lot of that has to do with streaming and Biohazard being so available to kids to listen to, dude, putting out quality content like those videos. Um, I think too, people seeing Billy, how cool your career trajectory has continued from the band too, man. Cause a lot of people do cool shit and they don't really stay in that realm. So to see that you've kind of still done stuff like the power flow thing, your solo record on bridge nine, you know, kind of it's kept it very cool, man. I, I got to say as a fan, you know, thank you brother. But I, I think the, the thing, that's why when Evan, Evan split from the band, like, Early, like 2011, I think what, we were working on. What was that? Record. I'm gonna ask you this. You can answer that. What, what? What was that about? I, he, bro, you know as well as I do. I think he, I think he quit Biohazard way before he physically left the band. Uh-huh, but he right. was going, he was going through some personal shit, and that's his business. But at, we were at a point where we did, we got back together with Bobby, yeah. and it was like the fire was back. I was like, "Holy, oh, this is fucking great!" Yeah, we had a great run. We had a great time. The yeah. shows were fucking awesome. We got along great. Bobby was clean and sober. Suddenly, it was it was like biohazard all over again. And then Evan started to drift apart, and and he was back to his his shit. And he went through some shit, personal shit, yeah. that he it got to a point where he just fucking quit. And we I think he quit thinking we would be like we need you without you were nothing. And we were like good riddance. You know right. we'll figure out a way. We love this. We yeah. got we got captured this fucking eye of the tiger. And that fire was back in the band when they're hearts and soul. So we we got this that dude Scott Roberts. He yeah. came in. He loved what we were doing. Yeah, he sounded exactly like him. Yeah, and, and shit started to turn around. 
We did a new record. We toured a lot, a lot. Yeah. And spent a lot of time on the road. And it was kind of like things started to look better for the band. And we kept it going. We started working on a new record. And then Scott was more into oi than he was hardcore. Wasn't into doing what we were doing. And he yeah. just split. You know, we got a big fallout. But Evan, you know, I wish him well. I got, yeah. you know, no desire to talk to the dude. But I have no ill will for nobody, you know. All I have to say, I got an old school Rick and Bodker, and I know the Biohazard songs. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that would be a good, that, I, that would be a good, uh, yeah. that would be even, even for one show, you know. You know, you know who called us up? That would be awesome, but you know who would be, fun? this is funny, you're going to get a kick out of this. In five minutes, as soon as word got out that Evan was out, Harley called up. Oh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's that's a good. Uh, no, but you know what? I mean, he's a dope ass bass player. He can sing. Of he's great. I know you say. I know you say. Yo, Hoyer called up. <laughs> Hoyer would be great too. Hoyer would be on, right? So we're still doing it. We'll we'll see. We'll try to get. You know, we're trying to find the right guy when when the, yeah. the right person falls in front of us at the right time. It'll work. All right, so he, there you heard it. If any, if anybody uh, who listens to Diablo's Den that's worthy, you could send a message through us, and we'll get it through Billy. But you gotta be, you gotta get through me and you first to to see if it's if it's good. So, hey Billy, can can I ask you a quick question too about your, your memories of the Judgment soundtrack? Just because, um, again, that was such a cool collaboration back in the day. And it seems like, again, one of those things that on paper people would be like, "What the fuck is this?" But it's executed so well. Can you tell me a little bit about? what your memories are with that and, and kind of your track coming together and, and, and that a little was bit about my, that? Mike Schnapp, Mike Schnapp came up with that, right? No, no, yeah, no. Mike, Mike Schnapp and this guy, uh, Happy Walters. Happy and, Walters, holy shit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we were, I worked on, uh, I did a song with Onyx called Slam. I did like a remix thing yeah. that yeah, we did the Mike video Schnapp. for, remember? Yep. Yep, yep. And, uh, and then that, that relationship that we formed with Onyx from that came up again to work together on Judgment Night. And the Judgment Night, the movie's not that great, but yeah. the soundtrack. No, is the soundtrack dope. has outlived that movie by no, Peter Green. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Peter yeah, Green. Peter Green. <laughs> <laughs> and Everlast. Yep. And uh, so the 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 way everybody mixed their shit together was fucking really unique. There's not one song that's like some anything else on that record. Everybody yeah. put together their own shit in a different way. It's always, it was a fucking very innovative record at the time. I don't think it got the fucking right light that it, it deserved. Did it go gold? It, it's platinum, brother. Fucking awesome. Yo, that's awesome. Yo, Joe yeah, that's Fatal's awesome. on the album, too. Joe Fatal's on the album. Shout out, Joe he Fatal. Is? Right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Platinum. Oh, with, he's with, uh, who was Joe with? He was is Joe Fado mixed and, and uh, I forgot who no, the name of yeah the band is a, I forget it's like the one that wasn't um I'll have it, to plug not it in not De La Soul no what do you do? it was Joe Fado and um the band it, 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 uh, fuck you I totally forgot fuck I should call him hold on. <laughs> where's it Joe Fado he's, he's looking at like the Jamie's that's he's like I get where's my where's my platinum record. So was he, was, he was in the one therapy and fatal therapy, track ten. Yeah, yeah, Come and yeah, die yeah. was was is his. Yeah. Yep. So go ahead, Billy. So you were just saying so that that came together out, out of the relationship with you and Onyx. Yeah, and then um, it was it was a I, like I don't think that the, the 
that record didn't get the light that it, it did later at the time. It stood the test of time. And I just did an interview in Rolling Stone. It's like a it's like a 20 year anniversary or something like that. Oh yeah, I read that. It's great. He, it was like an innovative, never done before thing. And after that, I remember that we did um, we did a Black Sabbath cover record called Mississippi Black, yep. which would be cool. So b- people started putting together more big compilations off of those kind of things because of the success. And it was good. It worked. Yeah, we did a video with, for that with Drew Stone, and that was pretty fucking badass. Exact yeah. E, the fucking Drew Stone one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking awesome. You guys have to have a comedy show, the two of you. Yeah. He's, he's out of his mind. I love him. He's just out of his, his fucking mind. That, yeah, that episode, that episode was. Yeah, on the episode, I was like, "Yo, Two Stone was my buddy." Then when the thing came out, he didn't want to like talk shit about nobody. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, "Fucking laugh, Two Stone." You were talking shit five minutes before. I know, I know. You know he's you know it's because he's doing it from his house with his father. That's why. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a like, famous director. He wants to be professional. Oh my he's god, like, you guys are he's killing like, me. Where's the meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, so Billy, before we let you go, I want to talk too about um, you. You're a big into the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, man. So talk a little bit about that because that's a lot for of years, right, for years. A lot of our listeners years, right? are into that. Can you talk a little yeah, bit about about the history in that and and sort of what, what? you like to do oh, and stuff? So um, yeah, man, it's it's a big part of my life. The great jiu-jitsu. We lined up. We saw the first UFC, and we, we were like fighters as kids. Like we all, everybody in New York grew up fighting, but. After losing so many, I think I was like, you know, I saw the fucking UFC. I'm like, I want to learn it from those motherfuckers. And we tracked down all these, everybody that we knew. And it was actually um, Vinny Stigma, his sister, Paula. Paula, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Shout Paula. Sifu Paula. Yep. We, we, we started a little bit of Wing Chun. And she, through them, we met this dude who was part of the Gracie family. And we hired the dude to bring on tour. I remember that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then that was 19, it was after the first UFC was 1990, November 93 and 94 in the winter, we started training and it's been nonstop ever since. So it's been a long time, but, uh, that's amazing. A big, my wife's a fucking purple belt. My that's kids. Amazing. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. My, 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 my girl wants to start doing, it. I was kind of scared. But she'll fuck me up. <laughs> Bro. Right. That, that's. You're the one dude the Gracies won't fuck with, I bet. <laughs> Yo, I'm the, I'm the Marcos Ruiz of New York hardcore. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I step my niggas' toes. Fucking ah! <laughs> 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 <Okay>, awesome. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, oh, yo, Billy, man. thank you so much for joining us really, on the Corona Chronicles, you, man. As a, uh, you know, as a fan, I just want one story before I let you go because I don't even think you remember this, but I, I got to tell it on this on the show because Uh-oh. it's just so crazy. So this is probably like 2002. Uh, you guys were playing Toad's Place. My parents are away for vacation, right? And I'm having a party at my house. Uh, Josta brings Biohazard over to my house, and kids are bugging out because they're like. How is Biohazard at your house? And it was funny because my a, we had kids. That's hard. Yo, it was hard because I, I had my high school friends and like my the hardcore kids. So it was like two totally different things. Jamie walks in with with Biohazard into like a, you know this party, and my mom calls, and she's like, "Oh, blah blah." She's like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I said to her, I was like, yo, we're having a party." She didn't believe me, but literally there was a background and like these guys were there, and I love telling that story. So, Billy, I, you probably don't remember that, but I have to tell it because it's just. 
we, we talk about it all the time, the infamous, like, you know, Biohazard walking into my parents' house and, and hanging out with Josta while high school kids are going nuts. Uh, and you guys, you guys played Toads that night, and it was a lot. It was just a great show. I know. Josh is the age, man. I just <laughs> did a like track with him. He looks like, he looks like uh, Richie Rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did a track with him on his new record. Yeah. That, was, that came out great. But um, I remember, that's another thing. Jamie, another example. That dude always kept it fucking real. Yep. He's a real he hard worker. From, one of the best guys yeah, in the world. From promoting fucking bands as a little kid to being in fucking a band. And then he still keeps it fucking. He still does it. Fucking super successful. Good yeah, for him. Man. That, I mean, Billy, that's how. Anyone in our scene, listen, if anyone in our scene can make it in music and do make a living, I'm happy. I'm not a hater. I'm like, yeah, no, good me for them. Too. But you um, know why? You know why? Because you guys are just as fucked up as I am yeah. for being my scene. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like Billy, well, I I met you actually. That well, that's how we connected was through Joss on the on the Killer Be Killed album cycle. We did the the, the marketing stuff for that, and, and you guys were doing yep. a bunch of shows and connecting. And I just have so many great memories of that. So, dude, thank you for joining us on this. I I know you were out there recording and doing stuff. So, uh, before we sign off, where can everybody find you online? Anything you want to plug uh, before we let you go? Yeah, I'm always online. It's Billy Biohazard everywhere. You can get my shit from Powerflow Biohazard. Billy Bio, um, and I answer the shit personally. So hit me up. I love to talk to you. I'll tell you stories, and I'll keep <laughs> your band. <laughs> yeah, awesome man. Well, we, oh, dude, Billy, Billy thank, thank you so thank much. You so much. Good seeing you guys, man. Love you too, brother. Good seeing you. Yeah, thank you, Billy. Guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, guys. Love you, brother. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Yo, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight on the Corona Chronicles, episode number four. This is uh, myself, Jay Reason, and the one and only Danny Diablo signing off. So, Eve, thank you so much. Yeah, Stay man. safe. Everybody sign off. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the YouTube channel. All the good stuff. We will see you guys soon. Thank you so much. Peace. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.